everybody and welcome back or welcome to I Don't Care the Podcast. I'm your host, your gal, your your part-time bestie, Alexia DiStefano. Today, we are going to talk about a couple fun things going on. Um, Just like the freaking fantabulous show, Outer Banks. We're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about a surprise and we're going to talk about my I don't care of the week. So we've got three things that I want to talk about, um, which I'm very excited about and I feel like I might, you know, talk a lot. So with that being said, as I'm like moving around trying to get comfortable here, with that being said... Why don't we just start with my I don't care of the week? What do you think, Luna? My incredibly beautiful, cute, perfect, strong, brilliant-minded dog is right here beside me hanging out. She stole my blanket that I was going to use. And she, I have to take a picture of what she looks like right now. It's so funny. I will insert it in if you're watching on YouTube. She just moved, but I got it um she's so cute so pretty much she was just like her head was tucked tucked under the blanket and just her nose and teeth were sticking out and it looked super cute um now that she's kind of over there I'm gonna steal a little bit of the blanket because it's cold anyways so today my I don't care of the week is the union the acting union being on strike the writers are on strike I've only been a part of the union now as an apprentice for a month maybe and um, unfortunately I wasn't nobody knew that the writers would go on strike and because of that the work is slim to none um because there is no production without the writers right there is no movies to make no tv shows to make if there's no writers writing them so uh yes the work is very slim very minimal to pretty much nothing at all um within the union i mean there's still going to be the hallmarks and the lifetimes oh well i guess lifetime is union well i guess it maybe is it maybe not no it is no it is um but hallmark isn't so hallmarks will be booming so everybody has to look forward to the 50 hallmark movies that vancouver shoots a year um however because i'm now a union apprentice i can't do anything not union because when you become union or an apprentice uh you need to only be in union product products projects it's just the rules so I didn't know but terrible timing me and my agent we would have never known had we known that the writers would go on strike until August give or take then yeah we would have said fuck no let's wait until this is all over with but here I am you know and it it is what it is I'm not scared or nervous I still full-heartedly believe that 2023 is gonna big be a big year for my career 
um, maybe just not the first half of it. Or, you know, maybe it'll be the last couple weeks that something big happens. But I'm quite confident that something big will happen in my career. I just need to be patient um, in 2023. Uh, I am doing some little work. It's called the website We Audition. And pretty much on there, I just uh, I just read for people. And, you know, it's your own time and your own wages so that's been fun I've made a little bit of money on that Uh, I'll continue doing that I just need to set aside time every single day to do that Um, and I just need to figure out how I'm going to properly add that into my schedule I also um yeah oh so You know, it's not just actors being affected by the strike. It is all the people being affected by the strike because, you know, the agencies probably aren't even looking for many new talents right now because there's just not enough work out there. Um, Writers, obviously, you know, they're on strike. Um, We have the directors, the sound people, we've got you know, the, the fucking Jenny Ops. We've got all the people, the set direct, set designers, the hair and makeup, the wardrobe, every single person that is involved in making films is affected by this strike. If you, especially if you are union or work predominantly on union sets, it it's going to affect... Um, it's going to affect your life. So for the next while, uh, yeah, everybody's going to kind of be on survival mode more than they were already because being in the industry is already kind of a survival mode. And I just realized I'm directly under the vent, which is going to give me a migraine. But um, uh, oh, well, so yeah, that's my I don't care of the week is just this freaking strike. It It's um across I believe all of North America, the ACTRA, UBCP, SAG, we're all being affected by it, um, which is unfortunate because, you know, it is literally our job. However, there's strikes going to always happen no matter what field you're in. Teachers go on strikes, construction workers go on strike. So yeah, everybody gets affected. It is what it is. There's literally nothing me or anyone can do except accept it and just hope that, you know, the writers, they do a lot. They, again, without writers, there's no productions to be made. So they should be paid fairly. They should be paid accordingly because they do so much work. I mean, I've written barely, right? Like I've written a couple of things. And first of all, you need to be creative. You need to have ideas. You need to know how to then make an idea a tangible thing. You need to think of the storyline, the plot, the crisis, the, you know, the whole, all the points that make a story. And if it's episodic, then you're doing that over and over and over again and you have to make it work it's it's just and then you need to edit it and then you need to have other people involved and sometimes adding other people to be involved can be 
super hard because you believe in your project the way that it is and now people are giving you their opinions and whatnot and you may have to change a few things and and then it's then you have to pitch it and then you have to do all of this and then da 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 and it's it's so much work right they the writers do so much work before the project can even be made can even be produced and then as it is being made there's still so much work to do there's revisions and then again if it's episodic you're writing each episode and then if it's seasonal then you have to write another season and you need to be ready for that and there's time frames and there's structure and there's this and that and then there's rules for every network so it's yes writers deserve better pay they do period um so i am not upset at the writers i just wish that um i could still work look i'm a green actor i'm new and all i want to do is act i want to be on set i want to act that's all that's all i want to do i just want to act i want to act all the time and this is just prolonging that I mean, everything, you know, happens for a reason. So again, I'm not nervous or scared or disappointed or upset at all. I just um, I just am longing to work and uh, literally I can't right now. So in terms of being on set uh, for other things, yes, I am, you know, applying to acting schools uh, to teach and I'm applying for little jobs as much as I can I'm really harping on myself to stay within the industry because that's super important to me I don't want to break out of the industry I don't want to you know start something else get focused on that and then forget about the industry I'm very focused on this industry so to get a job within it is all that I'm looking for and uh, even if it's just going to be this we audition thing and only make a super small amount of money every month then you know what that is what it is for right now Um, because it is so important to me to stay on track it's so easy to fall off track and get distracted and do something else and then stay with that something else and now we're stuck with that and we forgot what our original plan is it is so easy to get distracted I am not going to get distracted. Not going to happen. Anyways, that's that's what's happening in the industry right now. For anyone who wanted an update, fucking annoying, right? I know. So it's just a patient waiting game as of right now. Um, but on other news, surprise! I got you, mom. <laughs> I surprised my mom. So on March, nope, on February 25th, I had a fake surprise birthday party for my mom with the elderly and with the children and some family members. I kept it super small, didn't invite all her friends, didn't invite her cousins and and, you know, the people that she really wants to see. I only invited a handful of people that she loves, but not all of them. And uh, it was at a restaurant, just a regular schmegular restaurant. 
to say that she, you know, wanted more would not be an understatement. No, it would be an understatement. She would want more. Like, I could tell that, you know, she was sad that certain people weren't invited and that it wasn't as fun or long as she wanted, which was exactly what I wanted to happen. I knew she was disappointed. She never said it. She never would. But I could feel that she was disappointed. And I am so happy. Currently, it is March 1st. On March 4th, I am throwing her a grand, massive, huge surprise birthday party with almost 40 people, okay? 40 people that she knows and she loves dearly. It is called, um, or it is at a restaurant with Latin music and dancing, and so it turns into a club after a certain time. Um, No kids, no old people, just the fun ones. And she thinks that it is my movie premiere for Midnight Whispers, but little does she know, it is the big birthday party that I know she was disappointed she did not get. Yay, I'm so excited. I'm obviously nervous for the minute details to go accordingly. Uh, If everything was in my control, it would run smooth. However, because I can't be the one to bring the decorations and I'm not the one getting the cake um, to the destination and I'm not there to set up the decorations and stuff, I am anxious because I am very particular. I have, you know, everything organized in my head. And of course, when you give responsibility to other people, it is not going to be exactly what you want in your head because people aren't in my head. Um, so I am nervous that people are going to bring issues to me and not solutions and that they're going to come to me for solutions when, hey, if I give you a responsibility, it is yours. Do not come to me. But of course, you know, as a party planner, everything needs to be brought back to you. Um, but gosh, I am very excited for this. I don't think she's expecting anything at all. I really, really, really don't. I believe that she fully feels that her birthday celebrations are completely over. Um, Last Saturday, I took her to get a facial and a massage. And then after that was her fake surprise birthday party. Um, So everything was kind of like that day, that Saturday. So I really believe she is confident that her birthday celebrations are over And that next weekend coming up, her actual surprise, she really believes, is my movie premiere. Um, And it's perfect because I've never had a movie premiere before, so we don't actually know what the logistics of that are. We've never experienced it. So for the both of us, this is like our first time going to one of my movie premieres. So there are a bunch of questions that we both would naturally have because we've never been to one before. So that's a perfect scapegoat. Someone's home. So yes, I... Yes, she. we don't know what movie premieres are like. And so with that, we are going into this very open and blindly. At least she is. I know what is actually going to happen. 
Um, I hope she is so surprised. I feel like she's going to cry if she's truly like shocked and surprised, which I really believe she is. Then I feel like she might cry. Um, I bought some dresses for her. So she is going to try those on. They came in the mail today. Um, I've been I told her about it before she left for Costa Rica like a month ago. So she's been knowing knowing about this for a while and um yeah oh the other thing was with her fake surprise birthday party the plans got spoiled so it wasn't even a surprise anymore so she knew that you know that birthday party was happening she knew where it was she knew who was gonna be there she pretty much knew everything about it um which she was also very disappointed about she wanted the surprise element of it and she was disappointed that she didn't get the surprise element fantastic right now it was obviously my idea to have two separate birthday parties and lots of people were confused by why I would do that and it's because I knew if anything did get spoiled if anything was said if anything you know was brought up I would have the 25th to just put blame on so when someone said to my mom something about her birthday celebration I was like, oh, yeah, well, now, you know, it's the 25th so that no um, suspicion would be put on the 4th. I really, really wanted the 4th to just be like something that she truly believes is my day. I even booked us blowouts for our hair. I want to get a blowout for her event. I would get a blowout for my event. You know, I'm committing. My acting performance has been good. (laughs) So, yeah, I truly believe she's going to be really surprised and I can't wait. I hope that everything does go smoothly. The cake I bought is really cute. It's um, it's a five and a zero because she's turning 50 and it's teal because that's the colors of the night. We She loves teal. She loves teal and she loves Latin music. Perfect, right? Um, and it's got like macaroons and some flowers and, you know, chocolate and stuff on it. It's really cute. And I hope it turns out. I believe it will. Um, and what else? Yeah, everybody will be there. Everybody will be there, of course, except for the kids and the old people. Um, and which is why I also wanted the other party on the 25th is so she could celebrate with everybody that she loves. Um all of all the ages so yes the 25th was more for the um people than for her and then on the 4th it's all for her and I cannot wait and this episode comes out the Wednesday after the party so it is no spoiler no spoilers she now knows everything and maybe next week I can talk about you know how it actually went because I don't know how it's actually gonna go um I'm really nervous that you know shit gets spoiled before if all else fails if there can't be decorations if the cake falls or something happens as long as it is still a surprise I'm okay I just don't want her to know that it's for her I really, really want her to believe that this is my day. I was even like, you can't outdress me, mom. My outfit's got to be better. You can't outdress me. 
again, I wouldn't care if I wasn't so committed to keeping this a surprise for her. Um, and then what else? Uh, okay, so yeah, in terms of planning, um, it's annoying when you ask for help and then people say no and then you have to ask someone else and then they say no and then you have to ask someone else and then they say no and then you're like, oh my God, what do I do? I wish that they would just say yes. So planning it has been stressful because I've gotten a lot of no's from people um, with, you know, valid excuses or maybe not valid excuses, a little bit of both. And I'm just like, gosh, I just want the help. You know, I've asked quite a lot of people if they can help bring the decorations, if they could help blow up the balloons and then bring them to the location. It's really not that hard. If you have enough room in your car, you can do it. Um, but I've gotten a lot of no's for all the reasons. Um, and then the cake situation, I've asked for help with that. And that's been a couple no's for valid reasons. And so I just kind of took that on my own hands just it was it was not so much a no rather than like um it we were just kind of disagreeing on it a little bit so I was like you know what let me just take full control of the cake get exactly what I know she will love and what she deserves so I did that um and then that's all good I honestly think the cake's gonna be perfect so you know whatever um, the location we had picked before, like, what, in October, November, like, we've, we've had the date and we've had the location for months already. I sent out the invitations in January, January 1st, I think I sent them all out. I was like, nobody can say no because they don't, you know, know what they're going to do or they have plans that day already. I'm like, three months in advance, you're not going to have plans. You are going to be free for mom's birthday. Thank God I did that because I know that this time of year people have birthdays and had I had I listened to other people and sent out the invitations in February, people wouldn't have been able to come. So plan ahead. Send invites ahead. Uh, pretty much everyone said yes. A handful of people didn't, but you know what? That worked out because we're just under the maximum limit for people. So that's fantastic. Uh, I'm really excited. This restaurant has pina coladas and that is the only drink I like to drink. And so, you know, I'm going to have at least one pina colada depending on the price. Maybe I'll even get two pina coladas if, you know, it's under $5, which I doubt, but maybe it will be. Who knows? Um, you know what? I deserve two. I deserve two pina coladas because I did all this work for both the parties. We'll see. I also don't like peeing in public. That is a whole story for another episode. So if I have two pina coladas and I might need to pee and then I'm, you know what? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see my mood when I'm there. I will let you guys know next week if I had one or two pina coladas. Um, that's the tea, that's the drama, isn't it? But going back to the 25th party, I had thought, I thought I ordered my mom's favorite cake. Now I'm going to butcher the name because you're supposed to say it with some sort of accent, but I don't know where the accent is in the word, but just as whitewash as I'm going to say it, it's called a St. Honaire cake. Um, 
my mom's favorite cake. Uh, I don't know. It's got balls on it. Um, my mom loves this cake, so I ordered it from Cannoli King. Apparently, my order did not go through, and it was also ordered on the wrong date. So when I sent my brother to go pick up the cake, they were all confused. Like, there is no order for the cake. The only order for cake today was already picked up. There is no cake. All of them are frozen, and they take eight hours to defrost. But the party's in an hour, and I was very stressed out. I was like, oh, my God, why did you go so last minute? But I, I told you to go last minute, but, like, not for the... Anyways, um, he went and bought, like, a $12 cake from a grocery store. Everybody said it was good, but I was like, it wasn't the St. Honaire cake that I wanted, which was my bad, and that one at least would have said Happy Birthday Yola on it. <sighs> that was problem number one. And then problem number two was that Francesco was going to be late. And he was in charge of the balloons and the cake. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But that was okay because then we ended up being late. So he was there before us. So the balloons were there when we got there and the cake was already in the back. Everything was fine. He gave my aunt the decorations for the fourth, which was another thing. Because then she came up to us and she's like, hey, we're going to be late on the 4th. I don't know what you want me to do with the balloons because we're going to be late. And so I was like, oh, fuck, what do we do now? And so I was like, uh, I was just like in my head thinking, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? My brother's like, just tell him to bring it late. It's fine. I was like, yeah, you know what? That's fine. True. So I was like, just come late with the balloons. Like, you know, it's not going to ruin the surprise if there's balloons or not right away. Just it's fine. Come later with them. I think she they she didn't understand what I was saying or some because then my aunt, my other aunt was talking. I don't know. Somehow what I was saying was confusing because then a little bit later when we were all leaving, she was trying to give me back the balloons and I was like no like I can't take these you just bring them when you come later I can't bring them because I will be driving with my mom to the restaurant there is just physically no way that I can hide balloons so yeah I can't hide balloons in the same car with my mom that's literally impossible so I was like I don't care who takes the balloons I don't care if they get there late or if they're there on time I cannot bring these balloons. Somebody else has to. I've asked multiple people. Everybody on my end cannot, like, on my end of town cannot bring, um, oh, my mom's calling. Hello? <sighs> so, um, I don't even know where I was. My mom called. Whatever. Um, balloons? Yes. Anyways, somebody in Vancouver or Burnaby, has to take the damn balloons. I don't care who does it. I don't care what time they come. They just need helium in them, and then they need to come to the location. As long as that happens, I'm a happy girl. So, uh, yes. And then I'm having someone pick up the cake for me. Uh, Again, like, I literally can't take these things to the location because I will be with my mom. But I've done all the behind the scenes work. I just need people on set to do this. Um, And then 
on Thursday, today's Wednesday, so tomorrow, I'm going to my bestie's house. On the weekend, on Sunday, we... You know when you go to like baby showers, they have those balloon boxes and on them either say like one or if it is a baby shower, it will say like boy or girl, something like that. And they they have balloons inside the boxes. Well, on Sunday, I went over to Cassie's house and instead of the letters saying baby or girl or whatever, we we with her cricket. I think it's called a cricket. With her cricket, we made fives and zeros. And then we um, we glued them onto the boxes. So it says 50-50 instead of baby. Um, and so tomorrow I'm going to go over to her house and we're going to blow up the balloons and get those 100% ready. And then uh, her mom is going to be bringing those to the location, to the restaurant Um, for me which is great Cassie is coming with us so for my movie premiere obviously I would invite my mom my brother Hiwat and Cassie so Hiwat essentially will meet us there although she won't because she's not coming not that she wasn't invited she's just not coming Um, and then me my brother my mom and Cassie are going to go together so uh, yeah, Cassie will come with us. So her mom's going to bring over those balloon boxes. So worst case, if those fucking balloons don't arrive on time, that's okay because we at least have the balloon box. So there is some kind of decoration. But my mom was like, hey, can we invite Cassie's mom to the premiere? And I was like, sure. Uh, so she did and then Cassie's mom said no so then it would be even more of a surprise that she is at the birthday party when she shows up so you know everything has fallen into pieces some people have almost ruined it for me but thank god I am a trained actor who knows how to stay calm and not freak out I just you know what no whatever it's good fine totally cool um inside I'm freaking out inside I'm freaking out that she knows but I think I think it's good I think a lot of the time people ruin surprises because they get so excited about it and they can't stop talking about the lie I haven't brought up the premiere too much the only time I brought up the premiere is when it comes to what we're gonna wear and what our hair and makeup is gonna look like and then obviously when we were getting the information uh aka me having the information me telling her where it's gonna be and like what I think is gonna happen other than that I don't talk about it much because the more you talk about the lie the more of a lie it's gonna seem like so keep it short and sweet that's that um I'm so freaking excited about this uh I I hope it goes well I hope she enjoys it I hope someone videotapes it like properly I hope someone properly videotapes it that's my hope um yeah surprise mom I hope you enjoyed your night and I hope you had a fantabulous time um happy 50th officially your birthday celebrations are over officially on to the next um oh my god oh I was like Luna looks so uncomfortable but you actually look so cozy so cozy um 
Now for the grand topic. <sighs> Outer Banks, season three. Ah! Oh my god, you know what? Let's see if Hewat is down to FaceTime right now and chit chat about it because yesterday I woke up and I was like, oh, today is going to be an Outer Banks marathon. So I sat on my couch at 11 a.m. And at 7.30 p.m., I had finally finished. I did not get off my couch until I was done. I got up to pee once and then I got up to grab a snack once and that was it. Um, holy crap. Holy crap. Outer Banks is just like the, the, the best. Unfortunately, he what did not answer. Um, but okay. So <laughs> season two. Now, if you've not watched Outer Banks season three, don't fucking listen to the rest of this, obviously. If you're planning to, of course, because um, I'm going to spoil a lot. I'm going to I'm going to spoil everything. So if you have not watched season three of Outer Banks, do not watch the rest of this podcast. OK, that's my warning. If you didn't listen to it, that's your own fault. Uh, so season two ends off with them stranded on an island. They just escaped death by the littlest sliver, right? Because Warren, Warren, how do you say his name? Warred, Warren. Warren was strangling Sarah, his own child, trying to kill her but then our man john b saves saves the day of course and then fucking jj what he did he get pushed or did he fall off of the boat or what was he shot at Uh, somehow he fell off the boat and then kiara jumps off of the boat to then get him and then i think at this point somehow sarah and fucking john b got a boat or maybe it was Maybe it was, um, no, was it Pope and Chloe that got, somebody got a boat. Anyways, clearly I haven't watched season two, the finale, but it was so good. They escaped death and they went to the nearest land that they could find on their little boat and it brought them to a stranded island. And so season three starts. They're a month on this island. They've built it homey. They're calling it Poglandia fucking love that right because they're they're pogues um jj's calling it paradise he doesn't want to leave and honestly after watching the whole season they were probably better off stranded on that fucking island they were calm they had nobody chasing after them they had no you know they were safer on a stranded island with barely any water and then struggling for food than they were at their own homes right i mean i i think they would have been fine if they stayed on the island but of course a plane flies by and pope sees it and he runs and he like sets a fire and everybody's waving and screaming at it and they see it the person sees it and they come and they rescue them and this person because of course these five teens who are from the Outer Banks, fucking nowhere, South Carolina, get 
you know, in Charleston, like literally nowhere Charleston, these five teens are wanted all around the fucking world. Why? Because they know where the gold is, but they don't have the gold. The merchant, the royal merchant, the cross, the actual gold. So they get saved, right? By that asshole who knows who they are, who got our girl Kiki abducted, kidnapped, whatever we want to call it. Yes, she was given the hottest dress ever on all time. That made her look very good. But then they put her in the same room as Rafe. Come on. And then Rafe, for like a second in that episode, you were like, you know what? I fuck with you. And then instantly you you were reminded, wait, you're a terrible murderer. A cold-blooded killer with no remorse. I don't like you, actually. Um, So once that settled in, you were like, ugh, she's got to get out of there. But you were happy at least that he was there to help Kiara get out of there because... The fucking rest of the Pogues were pretty useless. Let's be honest. They, uh, JJ really fucked them up with, uh, his whole plan. With the fucking tracker? Anywho. JJ, we love JJ. He, at least I do. He's my favorite character. Um, I am so happy him and Kiara are together. They were definitely giving me more friendship vibes in season two. Like I didn't predict them to become more because I really liked their friendship. But season three, they were really pushing their relationship. And you know what? I think it worked out pretty well. Um, I think all three of them being together, you know, Pope and Cleo, uh, JJ and Kiara and John B and Sarah like the couples I think it's cute I would have preferred them all still just be best friends like I like their friend element so much from season one so I think coupling them all up eh, I think it's gonna get challenging in season four um yeah anyways fuck a lot of shit happened but damn was that a good first episode back Holy, so much running. I love running. I love when they're being chased. Um, I love when they're getting shot at. But you know what I don't love? Who I didn't love? I didn't love. I didn't love John B's dad, John. I didn't love John. But now we all understand why they've been calling John B, John B from season one. Is because the writers knew at some point John... John B's dad would be back and they didn't want any confusion with the name so they had called John B John B from the start so when John came in us audience would obviously know John B is John B and John is dad that was that was nice that was a good little easy thing um yes they could have made the names different but I think it was the point that it was handed down what does B stand for I don't know. Um, And then, oh man, I I just love this show so much. And all of the characters are so good. I mean, I mean, you know, the characters are fantastic. I love them all. Well, except Rafe and Warren and Topper. Let's talk about Topper because we loved him when he lended them the truck. But then he had to become an asshole when John B beat him up because 
he and Sarah kissed and like hooked up, obviously John B would be fucking pissed that he hooked up with his girlfriend. So I don't know why Topper was so upset that John B beat him up. I guess it was because he was in front of all of his kooks and the kooks are fucking annoying. And you know what? Good for John B. Because that was a low moment for Sarah. And I'm so disappointed in her actions. And fuck Topper and what he does after. Because cause we liked Topper. Because he, he was helpful. He's been helpful the last two seasons. We didn't like him in season one. We liked him last season a lot because he helped and then we thought we could like him this season and then he turned into a full kook man and his mom ugh ugh fuck his mom um anyways i loved that episode though when they were stealing the cargo from the trains and the freaking car chases with the police and JJ again what an idiot I love him so much but like you know I appreciate JJ because he always has a plan they are usually really stupid and really bad plans but we can always count on JJ to have a plan right I mean the whole thing with Kiara and getting her out of the camp I mean, he didn't really have a plan, but he had a plan. And guess what? It worked. Right? Uh, what else? I mean, most of his plans can be failures. I mean, I guess the whole, you know, getting the cops to chase him and then accidentally falling off the bridge, it did work out. It did work in his favor, but stupid. And I loved that moment so much when Kiara thought he died, like right when he fell off the bridge and Kiara was just like devastated and you could see like the soul just like it was gone and it was blackness and dark and she was just so sad. And then fucking JJ with like a smile on his face. Oh, that wasn't part of the plan, but it worked. And like, you know, Sarah pushing him and then Kiara just like, don't you ever do that again. Oh, ugh. Perfect. These actors and characters are perfect. Um, and then, I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty upset when John B. and Sarah were kind of technically on that break. I, I, it, real, it made me realize how much I love them together, that we got to see them apart for a little bit. Also, speaking of seeing them apart, ugh, was I the only one that did not care at all about the storyline with John? Like, I didn't, I, I was sorry, but I was happy he died. Okay? I was happy John was shot. I'm just gonna say, I was happy John was shot. Because he was boring. He had no, like, structure. He didn't want anything but to find the new treasure and that's fine but he wasn't even like a fascinating character he was just taking he was just taking time out of an episode where i would have preferred john b be with the pogues right p4l where was the p4l john b because you were too busy with your dad but i will say when john did kill those two guys on the boat that was the first time 
in such a long time, maybe if ever, that I saw the innocence in John B. Where I could see he wasn't in survival mode at that point. He was just his son witnessing his dad cold in like like just with no malice killing two people because he wants to find the treasure that badly yes without hesitation he did save john b's life but it was unnecessary to kill both of them and it was also unnecessary to like kill the first guy like by shooting him right in the head i understand that's what he was gonna do to john b but like you could have shot his arm there was no need to kill them but he did kill them because if he didn't, then it would have been harder for him to find his treasure. You see what I mean? John only cared about his fucking treasure. And up until the very end, it proved true. I mean, obviously until, you know, the very, very end with like the TNT with the whole blown up thing. Obviously, that was like him choosing John B forever. But why was he almost going to get John B shot by that guy from Barbados when he when he wasn't telling him what the translation was of the very last episode so ha I don't know I didn't like John I'm glad he's dead I'm also glad that Sarah's dad Ward Ward it's not Warren it is Ward I'm happy he's dead too. You know, it's been a long time coming for him. I think it was really good that both the dads died together. Come on, can't we say that that's true irony? That Ward thought he killed John years ago, but actually didn't. And now they both died saving their kids, even though they both were down for their kids to die not that long ago. This show is great. God, the writers are brilliant. This is why writers need to get paid more. Hurry up, union. Pay them so we could all get back to work here. But, goodness gracious. This show is great. And then, can we just talk about, for real though, like, Ward? Because he was so down to kill his daughter a month ago. And now... He jumped in front of a bullet for her. What a full circle moment. What a full circle moment. So beautiful. Um, I mean, the expectations for him were super low. He also could have avoided that whole situation by not texting Singh. That's his name. By not texting fucking Mr. Singh, the bad guy. Like, had he not shared his location to him, None of that would have happened. But of course, Ward is so selfish and hates John that he had to tell Singh where he was. And then Singh came. And that's when the whole shit happened. Had Singh not come, everybody would have still been alive. But at least Singh is dead also. And the other thing, our five besties, our, our, our core group, the Pogues, they found the gold. They found the gold every single time. For 500 years, researchers, explorers, hunters have been looking for this gold. And our girl, Sarah Cameron, she gets it. Sarah Cameron gets it. 
I mean, yes, John B. was there, but let's be real. It was mostly Sarah who did it. You know? It was what? The one with patience, something, something. And she's the one with patience. Um, I was so happy how it ended. I think it was, it was a good ending. I think it could have been a season, I mean, a show finale. Like season three finale could have been like a series wrap. But then they added the element of like, oh no, next season we're going on a whole new journey and like shit's going to hit the fan again. And I'm just going to say it, I am going to be in season five of Outer Banks. I'm manifesting it. I have been manifesting it for years. Um, Season five, count me in. But season four, we already know relationships are going to grow. Some are going to crumble. I can feel it. Um... I think they're a little bit more separated than they were this season, which I think we could all agree we did not love the moments that they were separated. Pogues stick together. Leave no Pogue behind. And they left Pogues behind quite a lot of times this season. I mean, let's be real. So um, I wish or I hope for next season that we get more unity of the Pogues. They need to stay together more because we had them quite separated this season i mean especially pope and um pope and chloe i keep saying cleo pope and cleo um were alone and then we had like jj and kiara together and then we had like john b kind of doing his own thing and then sarah kind of mingling in between everyone so like next season we want them all back together we want season one season two love happiness joy and like the same energy of like oh fuckness yes so season three was fantastic was beautiful we had a couple episodes that were a little slow for me but that was mostly because of john like the moments oh my god i also have to say every single scene with kiara's mom is amazing I love Kiara's mom. I mean, like, I don't love her in terms of her being, like, a shitty mom. But, like, I love their moments so much because Kiara, Madison Bailey, like, her acting when she is with, oh, my God, their performances are just perfect. The scene last season in season two when Kiara came back after they were in Charleston in the city... And she came back and her mom was like, where were you? And then they had a big fight and and her mom didn't want her to be with Pope because he was a pogue. And Kiara was like, I already slept with him. Oh my God, that scene was perfection. Everything you're doing is for these boys. It's about the boys. It is always about the boys. You're boys. putting these boys it's above the everything. Boys again. God, you are so worried that I'm going to sleep with a pogue like you did. Well, guess what? I already did. So I was super excited when Kiara returned back to her house after a month. And then her mom was like changed and it was beautiful. And gosh, I love that family in like the most twisted way because I cannot believe they did what they did by sending her to camp. But again, their attentions were pure, whatever. They're fucking kooks themselves. They're obviously going to do some kook shit, which is so annoying because Kiara is a full-blown pogue and that needs to be respected. And look at her now. Look at her now. So I was also annoyed at Kiara's parents at the very end, like the last scene, 
where they were being recognized for finding the treasure and her parents were clapping as if they were supportive the whole time as if they literally did not send her to a pretty much like a, a like a like a concentration style camp i mean for bad kids although kiara was not bad she's brilliant anywho they were acting so supportive and yet she almost couldn't have gone to this expedition of their own doing because her parents forced her into the camp like that moment that scene when that man was walking towards her and she's like oh no like please stay away from me stranger danger and then she's like knocking on her house door to try to get inside and then another stranger knocks the door or opens the door that moment oh i don't know about you guys but it broke my heart i literally was like oh no and then her crying and screaming that scene right there that scene i want to act in that scene so bad i would love doing that scene oh man that's a scene an actor like me wants to do personally i would love to play kiara i think i would prefer to do sarah because i just love the whole screaming and agony and um i think kiara's got to do a little less of that than sarah um they both had their fair share. <sighs> Outer Banks is my second favorite show of all time. And season three stands to that. Fuck, if you don't watch Outer Banks, watch Outer Banks. You're missing out. Like, you're a loser if you don't, respectfully. Um, yeah, Outer Banks is phenomenal. Um, I, I feel I'm missing a lot, obviously. I mean, I watched 10 hours of the show pretty much. Um... There's so many storylines. Rafe. 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 I don't know what to feel with Rafe. Like, obviously, I will always hate him. And there is, like, no redemption possible for Rafe. But at the same time, I think he was a little better than Topper this season. Topper pissed me off more. And maybe that's because I have an expectation for Rafe of just doing terrible things and being an awful human being. And Topper, I expected him to be better. But when you throw John B. under the bus for beating you up because you messed with his girlfriend, what? How are you going to press charges on someone who, yes, knocked you out cold and then repeatedly punched you, rightfully so, let's be honest, after you hooked up with his girlfriend? Like, obviously, he's going to be pissed. And then he comes at you because he sees you hugging his girlfriend and, like, being all lovey-dovey with her. Like, yeah, obviously, he's going to be mad. And, uh, yes, of course, it's also Sarah's fault. But I love Sarah, so I'm going to stand up for her until that, till the end of time. She was wrong. I was disappointed in her. There's no excuses for her actions. But Topper was worse. He let it happen. He also has a girlfriend, so he's really not innocent. At least Sarah told John B. And then he presses charges. I love Sarah. She's such a bad bitch. In terms of like her then going to Topper after he pressed charges for the first time to be like, don't, just give it a day. And then he did. Oh my God, 
I almost forgot Topper burnt their house down. That was wild. Wild Topper next season. Oh, he's going to be so unhinged. I can't wait because they're back. They're back with all the money that they have to pay people off, by the way. Like JJ owes quite a few people some money. Um, oh, fuck. Doesn't John owe people money or did they die? I don't know. But people are owed money. So next season, the people who are owed money are going to come in hot for that money. Um, obviously, there's going to be a bunch of new bad guys because they're going on a new adventure. So that's going to be wild. Um, I was going to say, something. oh, yeah, Topper. He's yeah, he's going to be crazy next season. I can feel it. He's going to be pissed off that they're back. He's going to be even more pissed off because I know John B and Sarah, they're going to be strong. And then he's he's going to want money. He's going to want revenge. He might try to kill them again. I mean, he tried to kill them with burning the fucking house down, which is so rude. Also, the whole house was built of wood. Like, there was no structure or anything remaining. Like, the entire house was on the floor. But I guess that's, that's like a structure of a pogue house. Um, oh, man. Ugh fuck topper but that was such a good scene i was disappointed that the next episode wasn't more of them like struggling to get out of the house um after it was on fire i wish we got to see that a little bit more but uh it was just them looking at the burnt down house i wish we got to see more of them struggling there i just love watching them struggle i love these characters i don't want anything to happen to them but i do love watching them struggle so with that note Man, season four was, I mean, season three was truly perfection. Um, Some slow moments, just that's what happens, though, when you have a lot of characters and bases to cover. There's just naturally going to be, there's just naturally going to be, you know, some boring moments, especially the moments where they were back and like we thought everything was good and then things just needed to pick up again. Um, yeah, there's going to be some slow moments, but Outer Banks never fails. Best storyline ever for a TV show. I mean, it's not about treasure. Like at the end of the day, it's survival and it is staying close and true to the ones that you love. That ultimately is what Outer Banks is about. But the treasure element, it's cool. Um, it was definitely more intense this season than in the other two seasons. I still think season two is my favorite um especially the swamp episode uh john b was arrested for murder that was an interesting plot line um qr and pope was interesting while it lasted uh yeah it's just a phenomenal show um i do like the season finale of last episode more than or sorry of last season than this one but this one was like calm and tame the last two have not been calm and tame so maybe we needed it um it's brilliant madison bailey she's perfect i love her girlfriend too mariah but um they're ever open hi uh anyways thank you for listening guys if you've not watched season three of outer banks or any of the seasons i know i spoiled it all but still go watch just go watch 
please at least watch the first couple episodes of season one. I have to say, the episode, the first episode of season one, you might not like it because some of it is filmed um, in the point of view of the actors. So say they're running like you're seeing the camera shake and run with you. I hated that. That made me turn off Outer Banks the first time I watched it. But then I gave it another chance and it is perfection. The camera doesn't actually stay like that pretty much past episode two. Um, they just kind of were testing it out. I don't think they loved it. So they went to normal camera usage. Um, the show's perfection. I can't express that enough. Like it is perfection. This. Oh, my God. I can't even um, just watch it. And on that note, goodbye. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for next week to hear how my mom's surprise birthday party went and to learn about my feelings on relationships. Mm, That was requested, so I'll do that next week. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a great day. Bye.